Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, everyone. And this is Holly with gap to gap Radio, and I'm glad you're here. This is our first show, our first episode on gap to gap and I'm actually um, doing a G to G type of thing to um, um, identify our show. So we're going to get right to it. A few things. Um, we got two goals today for the, sh- the first show. The first one is to talk a little bit about this podcast. And then the second one is to talk about metrics. So this podcast is a podcast dedicated to promote this, the, the sport of fast pitch softball. And my plan is to mostly do it through interviewing people that make impact on the sport, like college coaches, professional players, professional coaches, administrators, uh, directors of organizations, uh, that type of thing. Pretty much anybody that makes some kind of impact on the sport of fast-pitch softball, indirectly or directly. On occasion, I'll probably get to the thing where we may talk about fitness, um, talk about flexibility, those type of things, health-related stuff uh, that athletes need to be aware. Uh, we may talk about administrative stuff, for example, like uh, eligibility rules, recruiting rules, that kind of stuff. My, my plan is mostly for the sake of recruiting, that type of thing, where uh, I hope to have mostly college coaches talk about their program and what they do and what their plans are uh, with that. But this is um, hopefully going to be something that everybody would be interested in. So on occasion, we'll talk about a lot of things that would impact youth softball players and um, hopefully take care of everybody and what they need. If you have a topic or a person that you would like to uh, hear from to um, get to know a little bit more about them, you can contact me at holly at nationaldiamondacademy.com. That's the best way to contact me probably uh, for anything. So if you got questions, comments uh, after the show, during the show, this show will be live every Monday at noon. There may be some occasion that that may change. Uh, For example, a coach may have a rescheduled game that is on that time that we had scheduled. We may have to move her or him to another date and time. On occasion, I may be uh, unavailable at that time, but of the 52 weeks, hopefully we'll have 52 shows at noon on Monday. Actually, as this thing grows, hopefully it may even branch out to other times. But so anyway, plan on listening live. If you missed the show live, you can always listen to it archive on the blog talk radio page, or you can go to the website, National Diamond Academy and past shows will be there as well and the upcoming shows. So with that said, that's pretty much it. Um, um, I don't want to do a whole lot of podcasts like just commentary where I get on here and talk. Mostly it will be interviews uh, is the plan. So again, uh, second thing is, excuse me, we're going to talk a little bit about metrics 
And I know it's kind of the buzzword. It's kind of being talked about a lot these days. And uh, we're kind of talking about what are metrics, what uh, are the importance of metrics, how do you get them done, what's going on with all that stuff. Before we get at that point, if you've got any comments or questions, I'm sorry, I got a little bit of a cold, I think, uh, coming on or a little bit of throat stuff. So, but um, if if you want to call in live, that is 646-564-9536. That's 646-564-9536. You can call, <clears throat> excuse me. When you call in, uh, you'll go into a list. You'll be able to hear the show while you're listening. Uh, try to have all the background noise behind you pretty much uh, shut down because it'll offer some feedback to us and we'll hear it. Um, hold on. It may take a minute or two to get to you because once I connect, then you'll be live and I'll I'll uh, be able to uh, introduce you and get you going with any comments and or questions. This will apply to any show uh, that I do in the future if you have comments or questions for any of the guests. If you would prefer to comment or question uh, email, that information is also on the website and on the page. So I think enough business. We'll get, <clears throat> excuse me again, we'll get into the topic of metrics. So metrics basically is just a fancy word for evaluation, testing uh, evaluation. So, for example, metrics could be considered um, uh, the letter grades that your daughter gets at school, an A, B, C, whatever, A minus, 90%, 85%, that type of thing. In fact, probably the, the percentage would be more closely related to a metric than the letter grade because an 89 for some schools may be an A, other schools it may be an A minus, other schools it may be a B. So uh, determine uh, that gets a little bit more um, uh, away from more specific metrics, I would say. <clears throat> so before we get going on metrics per, uh, exactly, I want to get a little bit technical, not very high technical. It's just basic stuff. Um, so there's basically two ways we evaluate, I think, pretty much anything. We can evaluate um, a lot of different things subjectively or objectively. Subjectively is just pretty much your opinion. Uh, she's good. She's not good. Or you can even say, I think she's fast, or I think she has a good arm, or I think her changeup is much slower than her fastball, that type of thing. Uh, that would be just looking at her and making some sort of judgment based on your experiences, based on your opinion, and that type of thing. Of course, subjective opinions become uh, there's things like we may treat our daughter either more uh, strongly, uh, ex have higher expectations of her than everyone else, and that becomes uh, a tainted opinion, and you want her to be better or you're harder on her. Uh, and some parents that are coaches or some parents may go the opposite way, that they're easier on them. They think that they are better than what they are. That's the subjective opinion. And uh, we'll talk a little bit more about this as we go along. But objective opinion is pretty much some fact that is determined usually, at least in the sports world, by a, a number. And, for example, um, uh, a number would be P 
pitching velocity 55 miles an hour. That would be, there's not really judgment on that. You put a radar gun, you see it's 55 miles an hour. You can't say she throws 58 or she's fast or slow necessarily. That's just 55 miles an hour. So the objective evaluation is, is typically, at least when we're talking about softball metrics and evaluation is typically going to be a number um, and, and not necessarily a letter. Uh, a, B, C, or D, but we because that gets a little bit subjective. And so metrics are intended to be fully objective. Now, there is some subjectivity to that we'll talk about, as I said, a little bit uh, later as we go along. So metrics could also be something like batting average. But batting average, uh, so you got three girls, you want to see who is the best hitter. We have a hitting award that we give at the end of the year. Uh, we don't want to say, well, I think she's better than the other girl. So we use metrics, which is supposed to be objective, not my opinion who's better, but she has the highest batting average. But as we know, determining that batting average could be subjective. That ball that went between short and third, the girl touched the glove. She should have caught it, should not have caught it. We don't know if it was a hit or an error. That was the one hit that put her over, and she won the batting title because we gave it a hit instead of an error. So that's the subjectivity of that metric. So it gets a little bit blurry in that way, but the closer that we can get into metrics on an objective le le uh, level, excuse me, that's what we're looking at at least today. Now, the... Um, so anyway, yeah, I'm just uh, checking my notes here. So don't forget, uh, again, if you want to give a call, if you got some comments or questions on metrics or on this show, um, then feel free to give me a call. It is 646-564-9536. Um, that number, if you're listening live, that number is probably on your page, on the Blog Talk Radio page. This is pretty much live, the only way you can listen to it. If you're listening to it archived later after uh, March 4th, then you will not be able to call in live, of course. So, okay. So a little bit more about metrics. And we're going to get like the, um, a little bit more history maybe of metrics, kind of how it started and at least some things. So I've been around athletics uh, at the college level since the uh, early eighties and um, uh was a, a college athlete in the 70s, so uh, been a long time. And um, the radar gun, for example, would be a tool to, to determine metrics. And originally, it was exclusively, pretty much exclusively, determined, uh, used to determine throwing velocity of the pitcher. And I think probably originally started with baseball and um, they were using it probably before the mainstream people used it. So that would be, so a pitcher, let's say a softball pitcher throws 55 miles an hour. We put a radar gun on her. She throws 55 miles an hour, as I said before. That would be a metric, 55 miles an hour. Then we could say uh, out of 10 fastballs, her top speed is 55 but her average is 52 miles an hour. That would also be a metric, what her average is. Now, again, not to, you know, I continue to go with this thing, but 
is it more important to know the average or is it more important to know the uh, the highest velocity? Those two things then become a little bit subjective, but you want to know both of them usually. Back in the, a long time ago, radar guns were not used. Pretty much probably the first metrics that we started doing in uh, sports, a lot of times like in track and field way back in Olympics and stuff, was probably the stopwatch. Some way to determine in those days it was a uh, second hand that went and you kind of looked at it as close as you could and would be like if they were running a 100-yard dash back in the 60s. They would look at a stopwatch. It, was a, it wasn't digital, so it wasn't completely exact. And gradually, of course, the Olympics got to the point where they have touch pads and everything's digital, everything's electronic, and it eliminates completely any judgment, any skill from the timekeeper to start it correctly, to end it correctly, and to read it correctly. So gradually in sports, like in swimming, if you see Olympics, they have the touch pads and everything is digital there as well. But in softball, and uh, softball pretty much got all this uh, in the 70s because uh, softball didn't exist as much in those days. And uh, gradually baseball brought in the velocity of the radar gun. And um, one of the problems with the radar gun is back in those days when the radar gun was being used, there were basically two kinds of radar guns. There was a radar gun that uh, they, they called it in those days the ray gun that tested velocity. If I remember correctly, that test tested velocity uh, at the hitter when the ball traveled a little bit farther. So usually the radar gun, the ray gun was, a little bit lower velocity because it had farther to go before it uh, took the velocity. And they had in those days the jugs gun, and they still exist today. Jugs gun evaluated release point pretty quickly as soon as the ball is released, how the velocity comes out. And that would be a little bit higher. So when you would talk to coaches, scouts, and people like that, then the problem was uh, which one are you using? And uh, uh, you would say, uh, she throws 55 miles an hour on the jugs gun, but she probably threw 51 or 52 on the uh, ray gun. So it got to be, wasn't highly used in the old time uh, coaches and scouts kind of bucked, didn't like the radar guns because they felt like they could determine if this pitcher is going to be good or not. And honestly, this is kind of what we're talking about is just the, the ability to use these tools to predict the success level of that athlete. And we have to, uh, and, and metrics helps us do that. So we uh, originally did it with a stopwatch. How fast did she go from uh, for 40 yards? How fast does she go when she hits the ball and gets to first? How fast does she run from second to home? You can create your own little shuttles. You can create little different things like that. Radar come out, and now it's pretty much used exclusively. I think they're all the same. That's all release point uh, velocities. Now they're used to determine changeup. They're used to determine uh, uh, breaking balls, uh, drop balls, uh, those type of things, velocity differences between the pitches. Uh, I do know that um, uh, there are also noticed used sometimes to determine if you start noticing velocity changes that go down it could be an indication of injury or pain or some issues physically 
with the with the person pitching. Could be a softball pitcher, could be a softball player overhanded. Her throwing velocity is going down. It could be something going on there, and, and they actually determine that before there's actual pain. So it's a pretty good way to uh, to judge that. So it's a pretty important metric. <clears throat> then um, they uh, started getting to the point about, I guess, the first time I started noticing uh, radar guns being used to judge bat speed or bat velocity or exit velocity, those type of things, I think was probably in around 2000, 1999 to 2002, three in that range. Um, it wasn't used a lot. A lot of college uh, showcases, a lot of people would use them uh, and um, to determine exit velocity. And it's being used a whole lot more now. And I'll say at this point, exit velocity is, is defined pretty much specifically as how fast is the ball moving after contact. And it's judged in miles per hour. Uh, pretty good, if not as much of the best indicator of pure power. Doesn't necessarily mean she's going to be a good power hitter because then she has to learn how to hit uh, different types of pitches, uh, have to learn how to hit um, um, controller strike zone and those type of things. <clears throat> but it gives the potential for power. The pure power is exit velocity. Nowadays, we're actually using radar guns almost a lot for that. And that's becoming more and more the uh, uh, it, it's becoming more and more accepted. You say exit velocity, people know what it is. And to say she has an exit velocity of of 60 miles an hour, that's considered good. Um, and so coaches would be uh, perked up. If you get up in the 70 mile an hour range, then that's, uh, that's really, really good. So I don't know how, when it kind of started, I was out of the sport for a while and it just got back a couple of years ago, but uh, I, you, I currently use a device called blast technology for my lessons and my camps and instruction and, and my uh, recruiting, um, services for uh, college-bound uh, girls. Blast technology is a little device that, it's a, a technical device that you put on the end, on the knob of the bat. And I don't know how it works, but it works pretty good. And it tests a whole bunch of stuff. Now, currently, I think the blast technology will actually uh, test uh, like 10 things. I don't know, maybe even more. Uh, I'm looking up at this point, and this is the part of the subjective part I want to talk about as well. But it will test bat speed, uh, bat, um, bat speed. Honestly, what I, I call bat speed, <clears throat> what they call bat speed, I call bat velocity. Bat speed is based on miles per hour. And uh, they call time to contact is what I call bat speed. And so that's bat speed, bat velocity. I like using the word velocity because almost everything we refer to in velocity is things in miles per hour. So it kind of makes it a little bit more consistent. <clears throat> Excuse me. They have other things, peak bat speed, power, vertical bat angle, attack angle, peak hand speed, on plane, body rotation. And they have a thing called blast factor. And those things are, uh, so that's what, four, eight, uh, ten things. And uh, I think they're 
coming up with more and more ways to test what the bat is doing. Now, what this device does is it tests only the movement right up to contact and including contact. Uh, so the time to contact is how quick in split seconds does the bat go from the launch position, um, the ready position, whatever you want to call it, the loaded position to the contact position. And that is usually measured in uh, hundreds of seconds. So typically uh, you want to be, uh, depends on your age, of course, but if you're uh, 13, 14, 12, 13, 14, you want to be below uh, 0.20. That's two um, tenths of a second. You want to be below that. <clears throat> Pretty quick when you think about it, actually. Bat speed is velocity. Uh, test that, and all this stuff is done at the same time. So it's pretty crazy. I think it's pretty accurate, and more and more, I don't know how many coaches uh, using this uh, that much, but more and more you're hearing about it, you're seeing things about it, and uh, it is pretty valuable. I've got about 80 girls that I have uh, used, I think, on the BLAST device at this point, and it uh, it tells me a lot in my lessons to help them with uh, with things and hopefully helps uh, explain to them what's going on too. I love to use the BLAST device to explain uh, the difference between bat speed and bat velocity, their time to contact versus their bat speed. And again, that's going to be complaint. Uh, uh, it's going to be uh, difficult to understand. So I'm going to stay with bat speed versus bat velocity. So <clears throat> bat speed is, is, is said is based on time. Uh, uh, hundreds of seconds and bat velocity is uh, how fast in miles per hour the bat is going forward. So a hitter can have really good bat velocity, but she has a really long swing. So therefore it's going to take her a little bit longer to get there um, than a shorter swing. And um, so those are, that's the, the difference between the two. Uh, I think uh, uh, the bat speed, the shorter swing, the one based on time, is really super important in um, having the ability to have a good strike zone. You can wait longer to make that decision. It's quicker. There's some other uh, side effects because um, usually good bat speed typically is meaning the uh, because the bat is quicker getting to the ball means that she's not long means that barrel's not dropping or casting out or, or extending early and things like that. So the quicker the bat speed, the better mechanically she is probably going to be uh, in getting directly to the ball with that. Now, with that said, if she has ultra bat speed but not much bat velocity, she can get quickly to the ball, but it's not going to do much when she makes contact. So the bat velocity helps with a little bit of the power. So we're talking about exit velocity is the ball leaving the bat Bat velocity is the bat going to the ball, and obviously they're going to be really closely related. Most of the time I will do both of those at the same time, one with the radar gun, with the blast device, and it's usually two or three, four miles an hour difference, rarely. Now what I really, and I'll get into the teaching part, and this is the stuff you don't get in blast, but for me, when I look at a girl hitting, if her bat try to say this slower so we can I don't get too confusing when her bat velocity let's say is 53 miles an hour creates a bat 
exit velocity, a ball exit velocity of 55, a little bit more than a bat velocity. That means she's got a lot of really good stuff. Her grip is good. She's got top hand up, bottom uh, top hand palm up, bottom hand palm down stuff. She's through the ball better. She's not rolling over. She's uh, not casting out too much. She's getting really good con- uh, power at contact. Those are things that are subjective because I'm I'm reading between the lines, everything like that in a sense. But uh, so that's some things you can look at with this. There's a whole lot of things. It's pretty cool uh, what you can see there. So they've got uh, a lot of those things going on. Uh, attack angle. They've got this thing now uh, where it is um, uh, the attack angle. They want to get, uh, uh, and you hear it a lot in Major League Baseball at this point. Of course, that sport is completely different in, in what they're trying to do at the Major League level, even compared to uh, much of the college level and then for sure at the high school level and then different than uh, what we're trying to do at the softball field and uh, as far as the uh, launch angle, uh, trying to get uh, the ball in the air. Although I do teach, depending on the hitter, I want line drive stuff. So uh, I do want the ball somewhat in the air, essentially in the air going over the shortstop or second baseman's head type thing. So we can talk about that some other other time. So there's a, uh, other metrics outside of the hitting. Those are some of the hitting blasts. There is another device called ZEP, Z-E-P-P, and it is a device that is um, used to uh, uh, much the same way as blast. I have not, have not used the ZEP, but I don't know, uh, but I'm, I'm sure it's probably just as good. Probably, I don't know the difference there. I'm just hoping that the ZEP and the BLAST, if I, and I, maybe at one time I'll do a comparison, get them both, and uh, compare the same girl on the BLAST and then the same girl on the ZEP, that, that they're going to be really, really close. Even one girl, if you take 10 swings, her, her bat velocity, for example, 55 miles an hour, is going to range from 52-ish to 55 in that range. So um, uh, it's not going to be exactly the same all the time. Other metrics would be like spin rate. They're looking at spin rate on how fast the ball is moving. Uh, obviously, the faster it spins uh, from a pitcher, the more it's going to move. And so they're looking at that. Um, it said uh, stopwatches. They're looking at like there's a, been around for a long time as a pop time, what they call pop time for the catcher. It's when the catcher catches the ball and she throws it to second, and then the middle infielder at second catches the ball. So it's like glove to glove. How quickly can a catcher do that? I know a lot of college coaches look at that very, very closely. That's a really important metric for um, college coaches to look at when they're recruiting catchers. And not the only thing, but it's very, very important. The skill to actually, because you use stopwatches at our level, we don't have touch pads for that or anything like that. But uh, the, the skill to do it, you want to time the glove catching it really, really accurately to try to be as accurate as you can. So uh, there is a certain amount of skill in the person doing the stopwatch like they did in Olympics back in the day. It's your ability to start it, your ability to stop it. Now, the reading is not difficult because they're all digital these days. There is a pop time for a second baseman turning double plays. I have used that a, a few times. Uh, you can actually do metrics I've done in falls as a college coach. A lot of times I would, I would have it every year. I would have like a certain distance 
for my outfitters based on the level and different things like that. But I would have uh, chalk it with cones and the outfitter would have to catch it and throw it to, let's say, third. And I would see how quickly the outfitter could go glove to glove from the glove catching the ball to the glove, excuse me, an outfield catching it to the glove catching it, let's say, at third. And I would judge that uh, amongst the other outfitters. It gives me a metrics that I can say, well, she may throw harder, but she's really slow. And really what we want to do is get the ball from glove to glove quicker. It doesn't necessarily matter the velocity. So uh, although velocity, of course, uh, will help with that. Um, radar guns, stopwatches, <clears throat> blast devices, uh, those type of things, uh, all kinds of metrics that we can do. Um, the, um, um, so you kind of get the idea of the, the metrics. Now, what I want to talk about uh, is then next is like the importance, like how important are these metrics? Uh, are, is there a danger? Is there a, a fear or whatever? And one of the things I think is going to probably happen, and uh, again, as a college coach, one of the things I would notice of other college coaches is uh, they would use metrics and statistics uh, almost exclusively to evaluate their team. I personally wanted to trust my instincts and my experience as much as I could. And I used metrics. I, I'm a very strong metrics user, per se. I love them, but they are just a tool. They don't tell me exactly what's going on. I, there's too many times you see a pitcher that throws hard or a runner that runs well, really, really fast, or uh, an outfitter that has a great arm, um, any of these type of things. Hitters, they have great bat speed, but they can't succeed. The, the runners that run fast doesn't know how to run bases. The pitcher that throws hard can't throw strikes. The outfitter that has a great arm uh, takes forever to get rid of it, uh, those type of things. So there's, there's the subjective part, and then there's the uh, objective part that you have to balance there. I think it's pretty much up to you as a coach uh, how you want to go about that. And as you coach longer and you coach more years, you're going to probably start leaning one way or the other. If you can't trust your subjective evaluation, you better use metrics more. And, uh, and you want to try to be uh, – then you start evaluating yourself. All right, I really thought that she was good. Well, I really thought she was good. And if you kept messing up, then, then – sorry to say, but if you keep messing up, then maybe metrics might be – there was a college coach that I knew that was really, really good, but – was not very good at evaluating talent, used metrics all the time, but still succeeded. Uh, so you try to pick your strengths and what's going on. And most likely, you're probably not going to be really strong in all aspects of the game in evaluating. So the things that you're weak at evaluating, just not real sure if she has good hitting skills or whatever, then the metrics can come in to play there. I, as a college coach, as a coach now, as a teacher, uh, with the, the girls that I work with, um, as much as I can get information on her hitting, when I do hitting, I want to know everything. Bat angle, bat speed, consistency, um, velocity, exit velocity. I want to evaluate as much as I can. How often does she square up the ball? And that's really what we're trying to do as a hitter. And there, uh, I guess I could do, I don't do this. You can do a 
uh, tally sheet, and that would become a metric to see, okay, she's scoring up the ball 75% of the time, that type of thing. So my advice is uh, have as um, get as much information you have. It doesn't mean you have to use it. Doesn't mean it has to change your mind on anything, but at least it's there and then it is available. Some strengths of metrics as as well is what I really love about the metrics thing is what I loved about it as a coach and and, in camps and stuff. Every year a girl comes back from a camp. She starts out at camp at nine years old and she has uh, these metrics, these whatever, I think I test 14 metrics right now. And these metrics that we test in camps, she runs a 40-yard dash in, let's say, whatever, seven seconds, you know, whatever. And uh, the next year, we can start comparing each year how much faster she's getting. So it's really a great way to test the individual athlete, how she or he, but how she's improving in those areas and or not improving in those areas. I've got clients that I have noticed sometimes don't increase, uh, don't improve. I think it's because they don't do anything between lessons. They're just taking a lesson, that half hour, that hour lesson, that they don't do anything between lessons, and they don't make any kind of improvement uh, in that area. So comparing the athlete uh, each year or every other month or every six months or every week, you know, whatever, however you want to do it, is a great way to test metrics uh, or to use metrics. Comparing with athletes in, in a de- uh, decision of making a team. In tryout situation, you've got 40 girls. You can only keep 24 girls, let's say. You've got two teams of 12. That's your rule, um, and whatever that rule is. But you've got to get rid of a lot of girls. Well, you're going to watch them. You're going to put them through workouts and things like that. You're going to have really – a pretty good idea on most of them. These of those 40, these 10 girls, they just can't play. There's no doubt they can't play. I don't have to do anything to test them. These 10 girls, they're amazing. They're outstanding. So that's 20 girls. Now I've got to make a decision on the four, and that's always the hardest part. How am I going to do those four? Of course, you got attitude, which I think is the most important when you make the decision for the last four or the last one, uh, last two, three, four girls. You want to make them based on attitude as much as you can, but they, you hopefully going to, uh, they're going to be able to do something athletically. And, uh, so the metrics can help you with that. Say, well, I thought she was actually better, but the metrics shows in every way she has better potential to hit. She's a sixth grader. She has better potential here. She's got better bat speed. And I thought, uh, that may move her up into those top four. She's got a great attitude. She's a good student. Uh, she's somebody we want to have on this team. Uh, personality-wise, and she's performing metrics-wise. So uh, making decisions on cutting and or retaining is really good. And then when they when you bring them in, hopefully you talk to them, in my opinion, uh, at some point and saying, you know, really like what you did here and stuff, but I've been noticing, like, just to be quite honest, your running speed is really, really low. You don't, your throwing arm is uh, 35 miles an hour, and that's not going to be good enough to play the outfield. We need it to be at least Uh, 45, whatever level you are, and uh, it gives a little bit more credence to the parents and to the player when you are trying to make a decision and you tell her, sorry, you didn't make the team. Here's some things that you can do better next year to get better, and it gives a real hard and fast objective metric 
to give them information, and it removes a little bit of I just don't think you can play type of stuff. So the comparing on making a team, the comparing from year to year for the girl, um, you can it, it kind of becomes fun sometimes, I think, internally, like who's the fastest, who's got the best bat speed, who's got the best bat velocity, who throws the hardest, those type of things kind of internally. Uh, it can help you make a decision on lineup. This girl, I'm trying to figure out who is going to be my six, number six hitter. I want something a little bit of power. She doesn't make contact enough to be in the top five, but she's got potential. I've noticed that her bat velocity keeps getting better. So uh, I may give her a chance to get up. Her X velocity is like the third best on the team. I'll give her a chance at, at that point. So those type of things kind of help you um, or a benefit on the metrics part. Again, uh, I've got maybe a phone number here. Somebody calling in. Let me see. <clears throat> Hello, yeah, do we have I'm a caller? Here. Yeah, my name's Joe. You just mentioned a particular metric. I'm not familiar yeah. with that. What, was, what okay. was it you were talking about? Uh, I've mentioned about five or six. Do you remember kind of what the it sounded like? One. The very last the- one. The very last one, um, exit velocity? Yeah. What was it? Yeah, exit velocity. Exit velocity? Yeah, exit, like going out the door, exit velocity, how fast. Yeah? Yeah. What fast? Yeah. So exit velocity is uh, how fast the ball moves off the bat once the hitter hits it. And it's usually, and it's going to be in miles per hour. So, yeah, it's a really good test to see really pure power yeah. uh, the, the the faster and stuff like that so and it's normally and I didn't explain this in uh, earlier but it's normally to be consistent we test it off a of batting tee and uh, with a radar gun oh yeah well I figured the radar yeah. gun was used um, I didn't know it would be off a tee I happen yeah. to believe in metrics have you ever outside of parents will you want their uh, the little darlings to make the team have you ever had resistance from people who may have been either present coaches or former coaches or people associated with sports who said that, nah, I don't believe in metrics, it's just a bunch of hooey? Yes, yes. And in, in fact, I, I was talking earlier a little bit. I've started coaching in the 80s, and, and you heard a lot of those things then. And mm-hmm. uh, I, I'm I'm running into it now because I, I use the – bat velocity stuff now and there's a lot of college coaches that are just not ready to pay much attention to them so it's they're not ready uh-huh. yeah yeah well then I, I think it's probably pretty foolish not just for softball but I think about 12 maybe 14 15 years ago mm-hmm. there was a professional baseball team that got turned around because they hired a manager um, <laughs> or was it a statistician Open. I think it was a statistician uh-huh. who um who up the games, uh, up the team's performance by uh, taking a look at at stats, various stats, other than you know based on balls and uh, strikeouts and stuff like that. And as a result, the team—I forget which team—but yeah. the team made a nice little turnaround. Yeah, know? it was. Yeah, it was, uh, uh, Oakland Athletics, and uh, the story actually is pretty cool. It's uh, a story about a guy named Billy Bean. And uh, it's a movie. There's a movie out, and I I can't remember the name of the movie, but it's about him. And they did a thing on metrics, and I call I think they called it completely something different. But hmm. uh, yeah, it was a great, um, and they still use it. And it's it's actually changed the whole game of uh, 
it's changing all the game of, of uh, baseball and softball. People are using it more and more. Well, I hope so. Uh, I love yeah. softball when I was a kid. Yeah. I was I was a captain of a couple of championship teams, but the, you know it wasn't um, teams that were competing on the national level. You know, it was up at camp. Yeah. But, yeah. And it's go intramurals. Um, yeah. But um, I love softball. Uh, it took yeah. me a while. To, it took me a while to like it, but after I got a little good in it, <laughs> then uh, yeah. then I really liked it. And then I stopped. Yeah. And then when I stopped getting picked next to last of being picked first or second that I really began to like. Right, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, great, great. Well, where are you located, Joe? Montana. Montana. Fantastic. Mm-hmm. Well, thank you for calling. Sure. All yeah. right. Take it easy. All right. Uh-huh. Bye-bye. Thank you. Bye. Okay. Thank you. Anybody else, uh, feel free to call. And... Um, um, it took me a little while to even notice that that was a call there. But, yeah, it's interesting. Joe was talking about Billy Bean. That's a great thing. I didn't even uh, think about that. But he is the um, um, currently still with the Oakland Athletics. He is the, um, uh, I think, the general manager of the Oakland Athletics, and they are the creator of – he was involved in creating um, – these metrics that they use, I'm trying to look it up right now, um, that they did, um, what, what, he, what he called it, and it was a, um, a, a situation. They did it originally. It was very – and it's a little bit easier to compare apples to apples and to be uh, subjective, uh, lack of sub- subjective that he had because they were comparing professional athletes from the same levels what their on-base percentage, because I think he's the one first started talking about on-base percentage being more important than batting average. And it's a little bit less subjective in that situation. They're going to be a little bit more accurate uh, with that. And uh, they were, they were doing a whole lot of uh, uh, things with, with, uh, with metrics and uh, the movie, I think it was back in, uh, yeah, it looks like I found it here. Movie was in 2011 was called Moneyball. And uh, Moneyball is um, um, uh, had Brad Pitt playing uh, Billy Bean, and um, so uh, pretty cool, pretty cool deal. In fact, uh, uh, it would be a a cool thing if I can get Billy on here sometime. We can talk. Uh, we can talk about the metrics and stuff. What the changes have been from 2000 when he started. I guess he was uh, doing it in the late 1990s. Started at that point. And uh, so if you get a chance, watch a movie. It's a really good movie. Gives you kind of an idea of the metrics. So, uh, th- Joe, thank you for the uh, for that comment. Got me thought, thinking about that. <clears throat> um, so anyway, we're talking about uh, the, the strength and stuff. Can you use it for eight-year-old? I think you can. Um, and uh, it, it gets some, some statistics on that, some metrics on that. Can you use it on, uh, you know, I think probably 10 and up? Uh, definitely you can use it on older. I think, and I don't know this for a fact, the the, the Blast uh, device costs about $150. So I don't know if she would have um, risked this, but I went to a professional softball game this past year, and I swear that in a live game, one of the girls had her Blast device on her bat while she was hitting. Now it's made pretty durable, but uh, I would say the risk of that breaking would happen quite often. I wouldn't be able to uh, do that very often and have to buy a bunch of them because you do that, it break you break it on that something like that, then you know you got to pay for it, of course. Uh, 
But it would be interesting to see that. And I have done it with live stuff. I do all my blast testing and exit testing on a batting tee so that everybody, so from 2016 to 2026, it's all going to be on a batting tee. It's all going to be the same situation uh, so I can compare uh, uh, apples to apples a little bit closer. So it's really, really good. Uh, parents, really good for you. If It'll help you as a parent, especially if you're a parent and a coach, to kind of get you out of the, I think she's uh, good, I don't think she's very good, gives you a pretty good idea there uh, how to use that. <clears throat> okay, so that kind of talks a little bit about metrics and how you can do it. I will say that most likely, and they're talking about, I don't know if you see this, but they're talking about um, at, at the major league level now in spring training, pitchers are being put on this a video camera now that is super, super, super slow motion that not only tests the spin rate of the ball, but the spin direction, the release point at, at the release point. Um, it, it's absolutely crazy how much um, – uh, is going to be coming from this mentality of metrics. And and I'm not sure. I mean, maybe eventually would have done it, but in a, in a lot of ways, all this is kind of coming from that money ball mentality that Billy Bean did uh, actually get that, that stuff started. So um, the um, so it's important, I think, for those. Um, blast technology gives you the ability if you join their membership that's like it's like seven eight nine dollars a month or something and you have a blast device it actually gives it tracks if you put the blast device on your bat every time you work out you do all your t work your uh short toss work your batting practice and stuff it'll it'll give you all kinds of data uh for you to kind of watch your workout and how that goes so that would be a ton a ton of data uh but um it, it would be something you could pick out and say, well, this is something I need to pay attention to a little bit more. <clears throat> Would have been nice to have it when I played. Um, okay, so let me get and give a little bit of a plug how you can get your metrics. Uh, I uh, am based in Jeffersonville, Indiana, which is just outside of Louisville, Kentucky. And uh, so we call it the Kentuckiana area. I do most of my work here. I will travel pretty much anywhere. So I have a couple services that I offer <clears throat> And it's on the National Diamond Academy website. Uh, one is my lessons. I do offer it as a, uh, as a package with my lessons. Uh, it's not too much. And uh, it's $10 extra for a lesson to get your metrics. And um, I forgot to mention that not only do I tell you what your metrics are that day, but I have a database that said I think I've got like 88 girls. Uh, in fact, I've got two baseball guys in there as well. And um, – a bunch of people in there that gives you in a database and it's on the website, it's searchable. So if you wanted to see, you wanted to rank bat velocity of all 10 year olds, you can put in there into the filter 10 year olds and then click on bat velocity and see who's the fastest bat velocity, uh, how that ranks. Uh, all the metrics that I do uh, there, you have the ability to um, sort based on age, state, uh, if you want to see all shortstops that hit left-handed in a city of Jeffersonville uh, that's 10 years old, it'll do that. Now, I don't have that many. probably wouldn't be anybody there, uh, but you get the idea. And so all the data that I've taken, all of my metrics and all my camps, my lessons, everything goes into that database. And I've just started it uh, about a year ago, the, the BLAST stuff. 
And so there's, I'm getting quite a few pretty quickly, and that will keep adding up. And the more you get, the better idea you're going to say, well, my daughter or I, I'm 17 years old, and I'm in that point where I'm, I consistently am at the top level of all these things. So it gives you a pretty good idea of where you are and uh, uh, where you need to be. So I do a thing uh, during lessons and also do a what I call team metrics where I will come into your practice. Uh, it won't interrupt anything necessarily. I can take groups at a time while you're actually working with whatever you want to do. I can take uh, uh, four hitters at a time. Let's say do the uh, hitting metrics. That do the, I'll do the running metrics. I'll do the pitching metrics. Do all of them, all the 14 with your team. Uh, you know, I like to travel. So if you're in Indianapolis, Evansville, uh, Nashville, you know, this region here, uh, you know, if it's pretty far away, I have to probably charge you a little bit for the gas. Uh, so that's team metrics. Uh, camps, during all my camps, uh, that's part of the camp thing. So uh, you attend the camps and you do your hitting. During the hitting, you're going to get your metrics uh, taken care of there. So there's a, some services there that we can do. If uh, something doesn't look right, you don't, uh, uh, you say, well, this doesn't fit what I'm looking for. I'd like to have this. Just let me know. Um, it's my business. I can do what I want to do with it. And uh, we can work it out. I'm here to help you. I'm not here to get rich. I'm here just to make a living uh, before I retire for the next four years and do what I love to do and help the girls uh, achieve their goals. So just let me know. You can contact me at, uh, as I said, Holly at National Diamond Academy. Joe, if you got some people up in Canada that you need me to come up there and work with you, at, uh, uh, you just let me know. I'll come up there. But make sure it's in the summertime. I don't want to go up there when it's really cold. I guess unless it's indoors. So anyway, so you can contact me, email address, holly at nationaldiamondacademy.com, or you can want to give me a call at 502-262-9195. That's my uh, work number. And you can give me a call there if you've got any questions or any requests. Uh, email me, any of those type of things. Um, join the Gap to Gap Facebook page. And that information is on this, um, this site. So I think that's getting pretty much it. Again, got any more questions, just let me know. Any comments, uh, give me some feedback. Tell me what you think. Uh, send them to me, uh, that type of thing. you got ability to uh, give me some feedback uh, on the site as well. So that's pretty much it. I'm super, super excited for next week. Next week will be 12 o'clock Eastern, March 11th. Uh, on a Monday, uh, uh, Lonnie Alameda is uh, the head coach at Florida State University, and she is going to be my guest, going to be my first guest for Gap to Gap Radio. And I uh, don't know if you know much about Florida State University or, or uh, Coach Alameda. Um, they won the 2018 World Series title, the national champions, the reigning national champions. So when she's on my show, on this show, she will be the reigning national champion coach. So I'm super amazed and pleased and excited to have her. Uh, I've, I've gotten to know a little bit more about her. I heard her speak uh, here at uh, in the Louisville area back, uh, what was it, in January. Very impressed with her there. And then uh, have gone uh, YouTube and stuff, look at programs. She's uh, been really successful at Florida State, has done a great job. They're having a great start for the season. Uh, last I saw, they were undefeated. So hopefully they are still undefeated and they will be undefeated when we get a chance to talk to her. So that's uh, Coach Alameda, 
from Florida State University next Monday, the 11th at 12 o'clock. The lines will be open. Feel free to call in. Got questions for her. We're going to talk a little bit about her and her story and her journey. And um, uh, then we're going to talk about the university, what they're, uh, what's going on there. She's got some interesting uh, approaches that I really like what she does and how she um, does some things with her team. Uh, she has like slogans that she uses, like this is the, the, the motto or the goal or the slogan for this year. I want to talk about that a little bit and uh, her recruiting style, what, how she goes about recruiting and, and that type of thing. So she, that's, uh, that's next Monday. So Gap to Gap Radio and uh, every Monday at 12 o'clock. Hope you can join us. And if you cannot, again, the, all these shows will be archived and be recorded, and you can listen to them as many times as you want. So thank you for joining us, and we will see you next week um, on, um, on Monday. Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.